Hey, Zane. Um, hey, Ben. So, I was thinking about this podcast thing, and I really think that we need more of a draw. Like, there's a thousand, presumably there's a thousand cartoon podcasts out there, right? Latest research puts it around a thousand, yeah. By latest research, do you mean what it works for the sake of the bit? Yeah, always. <laughs> That's the definition of research. We don't actually do research. I'm looking it up in the Thethorimus right now. Okay. But anyway, we have to... I think we I think we really need uh we need a gimmick. Like eventually our podcast will take off and we'll be able it'll be able to sustain itself by the content, but early on I think I think we need a gimmick. And um Yeah, I, I love having gimmicks. It, it really makes it you know, it's like oh it's not like oh it's this podcast where they record and talk about this. It's it's that podcast with the gimmick. <laughs> uh, they're wearing fancy hats. We know, are some... wearing fancy hats. Of course. I'm I'm glad you brought your thinking cap. Uh, I'm I'm actually sitting on my thinking toilet. <laughs> I find that that is the most conducive to a thinking environment. But I Very relaxed. the thing is, they can't see us. All they can do is hear us, and we don't have uh, exciting names. We, we don't we don't really have any sort of uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe even like heroic titles. Um, I, I like a code name kind of thing. Yeah, like a code name. Um, so instead of Ben and Zane, which anyone could be called. I think we should uh we should aspire to a higher level of uh of authority. We should we should pretend to be the authority on cartoons. And I think eventually it'll even be true. Um so that's why I want to call myself Agent B and uh you Agent Z. All right. Okay. Um now the the idea of course being that we're the authority on all things cartoon and if anybody uh is is going to be breaking, you know, the cartoon laws such as they are, we're the ones who we can come show in. Up. We can show up. We, I mean, we don't want to spook anyone. We'll probably have no, to... No, we, we don't even want to leave a trace that we were there. No, ideally we would wear these indiscriminate suits. We could be from any agency. Um, I, I, I think that would be the best way to blend in. I mean... I, I agree. I will agree to this on, on one condition. What's that? I get to drive the car. And this is Zane. I'm Zane. Yes. Hello. I'll let you say your name next time, but this time I... Yeah, why don't you? Agent Z. <laughs> Agent and Z. Uh, we, are, we are from the Carton Cast the Division Cast. 6. <laughs> the Carton Cast Division 6. That's pretty good. Um, and today we are going to be talking about Men in Black, the series. That's right. It's uh, the animated series. Uh, it ran from <clears throat> October 1997 until 2001 on the WB network. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's four seasons. And what I think is really interesting is um, Men in Black the movie came out in July of 1997, and then this hit in October. So it, it just right on the coattails. Yeah. Do Do you think that they uh they kind of knew already? I mean, a lot goes into making a cartoon, and this is by no means the most lazily created cartoon. Do you think they I think... knew ahead of time how much of a hit this was going to be? I think they knew the movie was going to be a hit. They clearly designed it to be a hit. I think the animated series was more, let's try and cash in on this, and it became something, I think, a bit more than just a money show. 
Yeah. Um, but but it was definitely the decision was definitely based off of the success of the of the movie, whether predicted or actual, because uh, this whole series is based off of the original uh, Men in Black uh, comic book, which came out all the way back in 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and w- um, I think a lot of what we're going to be talking about this time is sort of the way that uh, a hit movie was adapted into a cartoon, and uh, it, this is I think we can I think I mean the jury's out on this so far, but uh, I think mm-hmm. we're both going to find that uh, this was a fairly successful adaptation, both because it got four, uh, you know, four seasons, and because sure. it's actually uh, it's actually pretty good. It, it definitely, I think, uh, surpassed the official uh, movie, and the, uh, the sequel Men in Black 2, which came out right after this ended, uh, and was ju- largely considered to be not nearly as good as the first one. Zane, if you were to pinpoint one reason that Men in Black 2 was not as good as Men in Black the animated series, what would it be? There's oh, only boy. one right there's only one right answer. <laughs> I think you know what it is. I'm trying to think of what you would think it was. <laughs> yeah, there's only one right answer. Uh give me a hint. <laughs> it's the only thing you could think about when you were watching every episode. Oh, is it the amazing intro the, scene? <laughs> this intro <laughs> scene is among the best intros of any cartoon I've ever seen. I actually went back and rewatched the Time Squad intro, and that was pretty good. Um, it turns out that like, I, I'm having a hell of a time trying to download an intro for that. So if anyone's listening to the Time Squad episode and it has an intro, uh, by the time this came out, I had not done that yet because it's hard to find. <laughs> this is everywhere, though. Like Everybody oh, yeah, loves yeah. this intro so much. It's really well... Uh, it, it's, it's indicative of how successful it was like just as an intro in and of itself is because when you said we were going to do this for the podcast, Wait, it was the first thing that jumped into my mind. Both immediately started scatting in the intro, which should be in everyone's <laughs> head by now because I will definitely include it at the top of this episode. Sure. Um, um, yeah. A little, a little so bit more good. about um, a little bit more about production and development. Okay. Uh, so it was developed by uh, three people: uh, Dwayne Capizzi and Jeff Klein, uh, who would later go on to work together on Jackie Chan Adventures. That's right. And once I found that out, I could definitely see some of the similarities in terms of the action sequences and sound effects they used. Yeah, I mean the uh, the action is the action and the, just people moving is it, you you can kind of trace who is behind some of the animation once you've seen enough mm-hmm. different types of animation, and this yeah. definitely has a very stylistic feel. Yeah, it's, and they were joined uh, they were joined by Richard Rainus who helped produce over 200 episodes of The Simpsons. Oh, oh I did not know yeah. that one. So they, they had some pretty good talent behind the behind this. It's not as good as, like, the, the animation is not as good as in the intro sequence, which you probably only heard the heard this, but, like, I, I encourage everybody to look it up. Because it's yeah. it's it's so good. <laughs> and I, I yeah. have now went back to the intro for three times now while Zane's trying to get further down the episode. So maybe I'll give it a rest. <laughs> so good. Um, the basic plot structure of the show. Uh, were you done with your part? Yes. Yes. Okay. Tell tell about the overarching. So the, the the basic plot structure of the show is that it's a basic monster of the week format um, that centers on different kinds of aliens and Jay's feelings. Um, right. To, to give a little background on on the Men in Black continuity oh, itself. Oh, please. Yes. The idea is that uh, there's this ultra-secret government agency known only as the Men in Black, mm-hmm. and they interact with uh, alien life forms. That's actually, uh, you know? that's actually a disambiguous term. 
Uh, what do you like, mean? If you go into Wikipedia, Men in Black, uh, there's a disambiguity uh, thing. It's like oh, a, so, so it's a blanket term. It, exactly, yeah. For any just like government official that is, you know, obviously governmental, but you can't really discern their purpose. Well, they didn't come up with another name for it, so I'm assuming they think like this is the Men in Black, at least for this uh, uh, cartoon universe. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, these these guys are very distinct. This is everybody's walking around like they're in the Matrix, with the exception of Jay. Right. <laughs> um, and and what they do is, you know, in in the comic book I read, they deal with uh, paranormal and like werewolves and stuff. But it, in in the movie and in the series, it's all about aliens. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're trying to keep their existence a secret while protecting the people of Earth from hostile aliens. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like a combined embassy and also law enforcement agency for extraterrestrials. It, it, it actually, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, the MIB in on Earth, the Earth is sort of like this melting pot for aliens. Like, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, every alien that's trying to get away from their home planet or just looking for work comes to Earth and just assumes a human identity. Um, and Men in Black just sort of police that. But of course... And in what better, in what better place to do that than uh, New York City? Right. Where it's at. Right, where everyone looks ridiculous, so it's not that hard sure. to fit in. <laughs> and it, uh, the fact that they are, you know, what, as with any cultural sort of swap, uh, if you interact with this different culture, you're going to pick up some of their culture and technology. Um, which is why MIB is sort of the pinnacle of new tech. And in-universe, it actually, I think cell phones, stuff like that, come, came out of alien technology, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I like uh, about the series is that they use this new technology, sometimes as weapons, but sometimes as other yeah, uh, useful quick things. Clones. Like in one episode, yeah, quick clones. In one episode, uh, they just have Jay grow gills. I don't remember that know. one, but okay. Uh, they, they found Atlantis. There's an ice gun. There's a lot of cool stuff. And, and, yeah, so just as there's a monster of the week, there's, like, a new tech thing of the week. Yeah, and it's and it, it's never mentioned again. It's never used again. You have some, like, uh... <laughs> Except for the quick clothes. Yeah, they get used constantly. But, like, I love those that, guys. That's sort of a problem in, in cartoons in general that follow this sort of uh, distinct episode format where you always mm-hmm. need a new thing and... You yeah. always need a new problem, and you can't use any of the old solutions for the new problem, is that everyone sort of has technological amnesia. Like, uh, well, they have a good reason for their amnesia. That's true. There's <laughs> which is the fact that they're constantly neuralizing, neuralizing people. Um, yeah, that's true. Which, by the way, remind me of... Uh, remind me to... Uh, we have to do that dark segment thing at the end. So don't, sure. don't let me forget it. I've got something <laughs> sort of centered around that. Um, yeah, the neuralizer is great. I, I think that the neuralizer is the is the cornerstone of the entire MIB organization. It's the only thing that lets it work in-universe. Right. And I think it, I think I like that they use it sparingly. You know, it'd be mm. so easy to just go around wrecking this place and that place and just, you know, flashy-thinging people right <laughs> after. But, uh, well, they're trying but they, to, they really try not to use they're, it. They're trying to maintain the, uh, the illusion that the Earth is just kind of humans uh, making their way and progressing as a society by themselves. They don't want to undermine the, you know, the human spirit of progress by, you know, uh, having to keep literally the entire world's population under, you know, cowed and under cult. Yeah. So they they don't flashy thing people too regularly. They just they work in the shadows. And when an accident happens, neuralizer city. Um, right. So I want to talk about 
the difference between the characters in each From one. the movie to the yeah. series? It, it, the, you have the same characters. They're played by different voice actors, which is a shame, because right. uh, the characters, you know, Agent J and K, um, were really spot on for the movie. Which, by the way, I don't know if you looked into this at all, um, for the movie, instead mm-hmm. of Will Smith, I think the original, one of the original uh, uh, positions for Agent J was um, uh, that guy who plays Ross on Friends, David Schwimmer. Oh, oh David Schwimmer? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been real hard to watch. That would have been watch. awful. Um, <laughs> instead of Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, it was somebody man. else. I can't remember, but I can't I imagine can't, this. I can't see anyone else in these positions. Exactly. Which I, they fit so you know, well. I think that's, that's kind of why... From the movie to the series, both characters became a little more caricatures of themselves. Yeah. Well, they kind of had to be. There's there's only so much subtlety that you can convey with animation. Right. So J and K are the two main agents that we follow, mm-hmm. and and they really have a, a, a mentor-mentee relationship, which actually progresses throughout the seasons. Yeah, and it's actually not that much of a progression, I've found. Um, I I found the sort of maintaining status quo a little bit tiring um, over over the seasons. Like, Jay kind of, for, for the for, for the um, the two characters to work together, like, for it to be a good cartoon foil, Jay yeah. kind of has to perpetually be a rookie to K's ace. Which is... It, it wears disbelief a little bit. Um, like, in the, in the movie, hmm. I, I was fine with, you know, Will Smith did a great job bringing this humor, but also this, like, he, ha- he clearly has responsibilities for himself. Uh, yeah. He, he takes things seriously when he needs to, but he does it in a lighthearted way. I'm not talking and, about his, his, his immaturity. I'm talking about his ignorance. It makes sense right, in the movie. That's the thing, it doesn't make sense Because it's his first here. day. It's his first exactly. day in the movie. Yeah. Here, oh, yeah. he's just blowing it off for weeks at a time. Like, oh, you didn't read the literature. Why would I read the literature? I'm, I, I make this I'm the best, good. yeah. I'm the best. And it's like, no, Jay wouldn't do that. It's, it strains credibility a little bit. Sometimes he'll be on the up and up. Like, he knows how to murder Jeeves like like no oh. one else. <laughs> yeah, that's like part of their basic training. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing Jeeves, it's like Why how much do you want to shoot Jeeves this guy? Work for the agency. <laughs> yeah, he must by this. this uh, he's just the usual suspect. But the show uh, they probably like give him health insurance or something. What's that? They probably give him health insurance. Just yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, apparently he he needs oxygen to regenerate. Oh really? In one episode, uh, his brother gets shoved out an airlock and he can't regenerate. Neat. Uh, sort of. I don't remember. I don't dark. remember his brother, but I didn't. I guess I didn't see those episodes. Oh, by the way, first few episodes of this. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub. Really? Yep. Same guy as in the movie. Ah. But uh, the show is definitely from Jay's perspective. Yeah. Um, which necessitates his ignorance. So I don't have a problem with him being kind of this perpetual rookie. Yeah. He, like you said, he moves things along. Whereas he moves things along, and his jokey manner is complemented by ability and instinct. Right. And. It, you know, he's kind of like that wild card which allows the organization to it's, pursue it's a, it's some avenues it wouldn't like, otherwise. It really is a buddy cop comedy. Um, yeah. And, and Agent K, you know, I love Tommy Lee Jones as Agent K. He really brought some, like, some humanity to this otherwise very, you know, straight-laced character. But in, in the animated series, he's downright robotic. I, I actually find him more emotional and expressive here than in the movie. Really? Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, um, I only really remember Kay getting angry one time, and he's, 
I think he, he sometimes smiles. He sometimes cracks jokes with Jay, which is not a thing that he would have done in the movie. Yeah, uh, um, well, he has witty lines, but I, like, he sounds like he's being voiced by Ben Stein. Like, it's, it's, I, I haven't seen him with that kind of emotion. Like, when I think of the movie, and I think some of his really, like, emotional moments, I just don't, I can't think of anything from the series where it's that level. Well, it's it's not so much his uh his expressions as it is, it's not so much his tone as it is his function, which is a little bit jokier yes. and emotional than otherwise. Um, I did watch one episode where he had to confront his old mentor, so that might have been why I saw a bunch of the uh, which mentor here. Alpha, Alpha. Oh, I love Alpha. Alpha. I love Alpha. Crossover. Uh, if they Power put Alpha Ranger. Five in there, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know he wouldn't be out of place. No, <laughs> in fact, like he'd probably be like an inside agent for like a. Uh, uh, ro- ro- the Robox Galaxy, he, or he something. He wouldn't be nearly as out of place as Agent J would be in Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, no, I would love to see. He would be in place in the Pumpkin Rapper episode. Pumpkin Rapper? Yeah, J would just, like, just instead of Zack, yeah. like. It, it, I mean, I guess they're ostensibly the same character. Agent J and K go undercover as Zack and uh, uh, Jason. J is. Agent J is just Zack once he got laid. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I I think that K is fine here. He, he's he, he can't be quite as robotic as in the movie because it's just too much content for him to be a blank wall. Yeah, he definitely acts very much as a Mary Sue. Like he is so good at his job. What is it? What is a Mary Sue? A Mary Sue is just a, a character in any sort of work of fiction who's just so good at what they do that no one else need even bother. Like, it's inexplicable oh. how talent... Like, uh, you know, Dr. House. He knows everything. Oh, Sherlock sure, Holmes. Sure. These are Mary Sue. And Even though they have extensive character flaws? Right, but the character flaws don't get in the way of their function. Right, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I guess that's true. Um, he's definitely the top agent, and he never lets Jay drive, which is great. Yeah. Well... For four seasons. <laughs> just does not let Jay drive. Um... Busted hot. There's this running gag where Kay will die, and then yeah. he'll be okay all along. And he, it never the the way it's revealed that he is okay uh, is never this long drawn out explanation that it reveals exactly no, how no. he is. just like yeah, art of misdirection. Yeah, he literally says misdirection one time. It's a one. Yeah. Did you watch? Wait, that one? did you watch that? Scene? The one with the worms in the future. Yes, yeah, I, I was did. Like, no, no, no! You need to explain this. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I love that. He clearly blew up. <laughs> Jason, I literally saw you blow up. <laughs> He's it like happened. misdirection, and I was like, "Is he going to clear that up later?" <laughs> I, I think Jay just like accepts. Uh, imagine being at the MIB and just needing to accept all this garbage. In and on top of that, the only person who can be your family is constantly lying to you. What what were we talking about anyway? I really don't know. Um, I feel like we were somewhere in characters. Um, and I wanted to talk about uh, L very shortly. Yeah, L. Uh, actually, there you know what there really isn't that much to L except that I did want to point out that she is also just a. She knows and she doesn't know everything that's going on, but she is clearly competent in a way that Jay is not. Oh yeah, like whenever something's going on, she she's always saying. Um, yeah, well, you know, this alien race does this because this. Um, so can you take me into the field now? Yeah, she's a like, book no, agent. No, no, no. You, 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 you're good at research. She does you're eventually become a field science. agent, from what I heard. 
Yeah, a little bit. Uh, once Agent X shows up and they get paired together. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't watch that far into it. But uh, th- that's pretty much all we have about the characters. I mean, you follow Jay through his perspective. Um, mm-hmm. and K is the ace foil, and you know it strains credibility a little bit, but it's really good for the buddy cop sort of drama. Which uh, yeah. I wanted to use that as a as a as a crutch to get into tone and genre. It it really just this does play like a cop drama. It, like I don't know how you'd classify the movie. But the show is just a cop drama. It's sort of the order part of Law and Order, but with aliens. Yeah. Like, all they do is trace down clues, they hit up the usual suspects, K exposits to J about some of the details of, like, uh, of the aliens or something, and that's kind of the framework to show the, tell the audience the important aspects of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one-liners from J, but not really a lot of comedy other than that, which makes it unique as far as shows we've watched so far, is that this is not really a comedy. Yeah, I mean, it It has some witty lines and funny gimmicks. Yeah. It, like, it, it goes down smooth, but it's not, like... Yeah, it's a cop drama. Ha-ha funny. It's a cop, yeah, drama. cop drama. It's a re- cop drama with a ridiculous premise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of just the thing, though. It's not really that the premise is ridiculous so much as the premise for the movie was ridiculous. Um, and this is right. just jumping on its coat. comic book as well. Yeah, and I, I don't tend to know... How adapting a movie to a, a to a TV show goes, like it, it, a lot of the time you you miss a lot of what made the thing special. Like you could definitely see it messing up from the movie to the TV here if they mm-hmm. didn't make it a monster of the week, uh, you know, cop drama format because it wasn't a cop drama in the movie. It, right. It, it was. It was like a mystery. It was, it was well. The first half was, was a training a montage, and the training second montage half followed by detective story. Second half was a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but, this uh, is a totally different genre than the movie, but the the setting is so good that that it works with that. And I feel like if they tried to copy the genre of the movie and make it last four seasons, it wouldn't have done wouldn't, nearly it, as it, well. It wouldn't even have been a kids show at that point. No, that's true. Uh, but I like this format because it does let them show off these these aliens so so frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're doing animation, you're not constrained by physics or your budget. That's or true. Like the, who's good at props? It's just like, hey, this this thing looks awesome. Yeah, and that that's <laughs> a really good point because um, whereas there was a lot more spectacle in the movie. Uh, oh yeah. This one kind of actually lets itself use its characters a little bit more, uh, more as the central element of it. It's not so much the setting as it is the the players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the The movie was a great introduction to all of these things, but every time you saw something that's an alien that's like out of place, it was always Jay's reaction to it, which is. Oh my gosh! Can you believe these aliens? <laughs> Whereas in the series, it's like they each have their fun. Oh my gosh! It's aliens. They need to file their paperwork on. Yeah, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you have like it's the day to day. Yeah, and they're they're all very personalized species. Yeah. You know, a lot of them like the worms. I mean, man. I mean, I guess that they were also in the in the movie, but the worms are they were incredibly. A role. I I love it when an alien race. Is incredibly uh, cult like it just latches on to American culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, they latch on to one specific thing, and that's coffee. I don't know. They also have like a dialect. 
Oh, like uh, like a certain way of speaking that only they do? Well, I mean, like, they, they kind of sound like they're from Jersey a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay! Hey! Like, they're just very, like, bombastic, like, uh, Italian. <laughs> very well, they're never, they're never given names. They're just kind of the worms. The worms, the collective thing. And they don't, near as I can tell, they don't do anything, but they sometimes serve as a deus ex machina. I feel like they do that a lot in Alien. Like, whenever they bring aliens onto a show, I always find it really funny when they fall in love with Earth culture. Um, Which shows are you thinking of? Uh, Invader Zim with Gurr. Oh, yep, yep. And then also uh, Frisky Dingo. Not as familiar with that one as Oh, you. man. Do yourself a favor. The main character, Killface... <laughs> He, I mean, he looks, he's humanoid, but he's completely white, has no genitals, does not wear clothes, and he's constantly making pop culture references. It's so this, funny. This, this is different from Murder Face from uh, Metalocalypse, right? <laughs> it's quite a bit different, because Murder Face is way more hideous. But, okay. Um, yeah, the, a lot of one-liners from Jay, but not really a lot of comedy other than that. Um, the animation is very smooth, but uh, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good overall. Again, it's not as much spectacle. Um, yeah. So they don't have to really go over the top with animation. They just have to make the characters look appropriate to the situation. So that's yeah. not too hard to do. Yeah, I mean, they, they have some freedom with the design on the aliens, but it, I, I don't think they ever go, like, to anything that's physically impossible. Like, these look like plausible aliens, <laughs> and they're used they're used as characters. It's just like... You know, in a, in a normal cop drama, you got this character who's you know got a meth habit, but in this uh, but in this one, you have a character who you know can freeze things with his mind. You know, it's 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 a that sort of thing. Yeah, it's not the main point. The fact that they are an alien isn't really as important as like their character. I, absolutely. When you're looking at an alien, you're like, is this the good guy or the bad guy? You're not thinking, uh, what is this alien's deal, can he, like, does he have telekinesis? It's more important as to, like, the more important aspect of any of these aliens is how they relate to Jay, really. Yeah. Did you watch that episode <laughs> where, uh, where where they had to track down the guy who could, he was like Sonic Boom from Static Shock? Uh, I don't think so, no. He, he like, he, like, goatseed his body and, like, a huge sound wave comes out. Huh. Yeah, it's really weird, but uh, J and K meet their like counterparts from like an MIB thing from a different planet. See, now that right there. <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious about that as well, because uh, you get the idea that K is like the ultimate, you know, war ninja warrior here. <laughs> He's like the top agent. Nothing Everyone's gets past heard him. of him. I have to wonder about how many MIBs are there. This is MIB headquarters. Where who's Zed's supervisor? Yeah, like this is this is the actually the only part of the organization that I find a real flaw with is that you don't have any clue of what the hierarchy is. If it's all right. up to Zed, this like Zed is incredibly like he sometimes lets Kate do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, how many how many secret government organizations do you have where a rookie on his first day gets to meet the head of the organization? Do they ever get audited? And then make fun of him. No, how they? <laughs> like is there the, a, the a head the, of the, MIB? It's, it's been established Zed? that the president doesn't even know about them. Also, um, in actually, the second wait, movie, actually, in the second movie, uh, Selena or whatever, like mm -hmm. the alien, 
yeah. comes by and immediately goes and locates Zed as the head of the MIB. Like, this is presumably the only MIB thing on Earth, on Earth and there's nothing above it. Like, how right. many agents are there that police the whole Earth? Not that many. Well, there aren't... It's like a conservation huge, of time like, for Santa Claus delivering gifts sort of thing. There's no there aren't way. That many, there aren't that many aliens. There's, what, they keep saying 1,500. They find all of them in their town. Like, yeah, assuming, a, well, assuming a static distribution, like, sure. you can't have all of them in the same spot. I'm just amazed <laughs> that they're actually able to keep it a secret. Like, they, that, they shouldn't the be able episode, to, though. In the final episode, it's revealed not even the president realized, like, knows about MIB. And there's this great one-liner where, where Zed's like, well, except for Richard Nixon. Say what you want, the man could keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> there are really good lines. Sometimes Zed mm. is kind of the best zingers. Um, yeah. At one point, Jay will like crash the LTD, which is, I guess, car is called. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that stands for. <laughs> it's faster than light. Or that's FPL. Um, he'll, he's chewing out Jay for crashing it, and he says, "Do you know how hard it is to get parts for foreign cars?" <laughs> <laughs> just like that's the first line of the scene. There's no lead in. It's just immediately abandoned as a conversation. That's so good. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, the organization of this, I would love to understand. Because no, there's no way they would police all aliens on Earth unless they were able to like sequester them all into Manhattan. Which no. Uh, it, it's revealed in one episode that there's like a branch in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. Maybe they maybe they just expanded on it for the series. That there's just a bunch of MIB. I, I always got the feeling like so. this was the only place. Yeah. Or maybe like it's like the Ellis Island of MIB. This is the only one where their function is MIB. In the Hollywood one, the other MIB's function is to like book agents for these aliens so that they can star in horror flicks. Yeah, I get that. That's <laughs> Angel Island. But, yeah, don't you get the feeling like this MIB headquarters is just kind of like... I feel like in the movies, you see a bunch of aliens coming in to... Like, the second one, I know a bunch of aliens are coming in to get their papers or whatever, which is so yeah. funny. But, um, it, like, this, this, I guess they're just, they're jumping off point. This is, this is customs, right? Yeah, it, it's it's customs. It's an embassy. Yeah, and it's law enforcement. It's really yeah. Weird. And if the, if the aliens are not able to travel too far, I guess it does make sense that most of them would be like right around MIB. So you think Earth is, in this universe is kind of like a rest stop? <laughs> not not a rest stop, but like intergalactic rest stop. No, 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 no. It's 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 definitely a melting pot. It's definitely America, right? Like this is definitely yeah. America. I, I I'm feeling what more and more comfortable with this Ellis Island analogy. Well, yeah. Like, this is just the... It, you have to come in through here. Um, They're they're the one who, like... They, they, they scan your papers and everything, and if you mess with them, um, you, you know, you're not a legitimate citizen. You, if you try to... looking out for, for, you know, undocumented aliens. That's there. <laughs> Thank you. We had to have one, I suppose. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get back to the actual show. Um, yeah, the um, I was reading uh, Wikipedia for some episode summaries, and they read like lines from Mad Libs. <laughs> let me read. Let me read one of my favorite ones. Go ahead. 
When MIB fails to stop a meta fight that threatens Phoenix, oh, what? J, and K, J and K have to travel back in time to the Wild West to find the meta fight's <laughs> then vulnerable cocoon. Unfortunately, a Vexron living in that time is determined to make sure they don't succeed. It's not even Mad Libs, because some of them are made upwards. <laughs> meta fight? Vexron? Vexron is great. Um, Isn't there a character named Vangus? <laughs> You're thinking of Mangus from Brutal Legend. No, there's definitely a Vangus thing going on. Uh, all right. There was there was a character named Vangus. I think he teamed up with Alpha. Alpha Five. Yeah, no. I'm not gonna let this go. I really <laughs> want it to happen. Um. Yeah, but the episodes, the episodes themselves can get pretty crazy if you were like trying to explain it to someone. Yeah, else. which which goes back to the tone, which is just that this is like like Law and Order. If it didn't take itself, like if there wasn't actually law, it's just it's just order, right? But the order it's has chaotic order. It's chaotic order, exactly. <laughs> They're trying to police these these aliens, but there's no book to throw at them. Like they just kind of go in and like arrest everybody them. who's like uh, uh, MIB's approach to you know um, maintaining the peace uh, is apparently someone will like blow some building up, MIB will come out with their guns and then just try to apprehend the guy and then lock him away, and it that's kind of, that's, there's no more like strict format for it. They don't get sentenced, there's no trial. <laughs> they don't even like seem to have any intelligence on the ground for like, who is a risk and who is not. They just kind of like, oh, there's an explosion here. <laughs> Run off and deal with it. Oh man, so so now I'm getting the feeling like Earth is like this place where like the it's like the Wild West, like the law doesn't apply. Oh, Maybe that man. explains why there's not as many aliens around. So like, they're the sheriffs? <clears throat> K is definitely a sheriff. K is a great sheriff because he doesn't kill people; he just freezes. J is like Sancho Panza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should slap yourself in the forehead. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the music. Um, it, it's you know like again I'm going to go back to it's like a cop drama um, slash detective. Yeah. So you you you'll usually have that like muted bass. Like when when like a scene starts, and then there won't yeah. really be any music until it transitions again. Yeah, there's a steady background, like a triangle and like a little maraca, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to move things it forward. Mo- yeah, it suits the mood and it provides a transition. It does make the scenes a little bit homogenous and like soupy. Yeah. Like it just doesn't. They're not really punctuated. The sound is really good. Like whenever anything dramatic happens, you 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 know have that like crush. You have like <laughs> crescendoing horns and stuff like that. I I love. Um, I noticed this about the music. <clears throat> a lot of times, something's about to kill a character, mm. and if something's about to kill K, there's like this noble, dramatic, you know, some violins with tension. Uh, but if something's about to kill Jay, the tone is really playful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's like Jay is getting killed again. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like walking on eggshells away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. There's a, they have a great sound for when Jay is perplexed. It's like this uh, like oboe sound, being like. <laughs> we have to think of a better way to talk about sounds than trying to like mimic them with our with our voices. <laughs> like this is bad. This is not a good. Thing. I gave the instruments. 
What you, you did say the instruments, but I, I can't tell whether or not it actually sounded like that, or whether you just have, like, if it's like you a needle spinning, skipping on a record, and just like, oboe, viola, yeah. piano, castanet, we, like, <laughs> you're just picking them out of a hat. We can fade some music in. I, I guess that's true. Um, what is there in the way of non-music audio? So, the voice acting, um, I actually feel like <laughs> it really takes a lot away from the show not to have uh, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Chris Rock. Not Chris Will Rock. Smith, right. Chris Rock would be very different. <laughs> that would just be Rush Hour with Aliens. That's actually the name I thought you were going to say when you said that they were originally thinking for uh, David oh, Schwimmer. Holy. I'm like, they were originally thinking Chris Rock, and I'm just picturing it in my head. That I don't know great, about though. that. That would have worked great. You need a black guy. You ever noticed that Aliens with the red sun <laughs> walk like this? Oh. 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 <laughs> Man, I hope we eventually do show notes, because, like, half of them are just going to be Futurama. <laughs> Futurama <laughs> references. Um, I actually... So I wanted to also say something um, about... Actually, no, I think we've actually already pretty much covered comedy as far as it's in this. Um, I was just going to say that I really like the episode with the worms. Um, there's really... I, yeah, like, at the end of all my notes, and I'm pretty much through all of them, um, I usually like to say, like, one part of an episode that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, like, sexual innuendo that they got through. Um, yeah. One of the episodes that I really enjoyed, the worm one, where they go into the future, where Jay goes into the future. I wasn't huge on that, but t- but tell me why you the, like the The best part of it was listening to all the worm puns. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember too many of them, but it, he goes, eventually meets the... Uh, worm overlord without like any trouble. First of all, <laughs> well, they're worms. They're not very good at their Whatever. jobs. Um, but it's it's refitted. Like there's a bunch of artwork, famous artwork, and it's all refitted to have like worm faces. So like it'll be the Mona Lisa, but it'll just be a worm. <laughs> uh, oh, or like the farmer and his wife. You know that uh, classic gothic, uh, a gothic whatever. Um, yeah. And then also the scream, but with just like a worm face. And the worms look so funny that, that all of them were just killing me. <laughs> they're goofy with like the stomach way out in front and their butts just like happening. Oh, their faces. With the big the big idiot lips and the beady eyes and the antenna <laughs> that are presumably vestigial because I never see them. Like, they can move them, but like, they never like I... hone in on anybody. <laughs> I found them more annoying than comedic a lot of the time. Really? I, I um, thought they were really funny. I, I don't know. They just seemed kind of, like, forced in there. Huh. Uh, I much more preferred uh, the symbiote whenever he came on. Who's the symbiote? Uh, his name is Zanzar Canicus. Was he the one but... who, you, who Jay just, like, slaps onto his neck? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Jay calls him Troy. And <laughs> what? He, he gives him regenerative powers and can also stretch in a ridiculous way. Oh, he becomes Elastic Boy? Uh, not Jay, just the neck part. Just his neck. But, but, like, they can, like, have him, like, grab onto something, and Jay runs the other way, and they do, like, a trip line for a... Like, it's real <laughs> wacky. Is, like, <laughs> that's not a symbiosis that would happen in the wild. Like, not even Right, close. That's, that's where it just goes flat-out ridiculous. Ugh, <laughs> uh, man. I, I, uh, I love this setting. It's a great setting. Um, I, I want to I know more about the universe. I want to know about these actual, like, alien planets. Like, I hear about some of the races, and, like, you get this race who is all pacifists, like the Archillians or whatever, the villains from the first... Not the villains, but, like, 
the ones who have yeah, a, MIB the under the, the gun. Right. Right? right? And they actually became pacifists in the series. And I want to see right. what a pacifist world looks like. Hmm. Um, and I, yeah, the, the cosmology of it, I just, I wanted to see more of it. And that's, that's really... You thought they should go off planet more? Well, we couldn't really do that and have it be the same show. The idea right. is that we don't we don't know anything about all these other places. We have to be J in this show. Mm. We can't be yeah. Zed. We can't be like if you did a Zed thing, it'd be like a West Wing with aliens. And if you did a <laughs> if you if you did a K thing, it'd be just a. Uh, I have no idea what a, what a show focused on K would be. Maybe like a superhero, like just well, crack team agent. No, it's how does, just him. How does K? How does K see the world and see himself? I have no idea. He really likes Jay. He's enamored he with does. Jay. I don't know how much that happened in the movies. It it shows up. He's 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 uh Jay's his symbiote. <laughs> he just like oh, latches onto his neck and be like, "Hey, buddy, I'm gonna help you out." You're gonna I make you look good. I make you look good. <laughs> and just like wiggles his neck back and forth a little bit. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into uh, one of the darkest things I could think of. What like I think what we want to start doing is just the darkest thing that could possibly happen in this show. Like yeah. if all bets were off, and I just wanted to make this as dark as I could. Mm-hmm. I, um, so can I go? Uh, can I go first? Oh yeah. I, well, I wanted this to be my segment. Oh, well, I, I had one All also. right, you knew it was this fun. We're going to have to have words, but go ahead. Okay. Um, well, one of my favorite parts about the show is the quick clones, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, they act like a normal, like the person like they're, that they're imprinted on, uh, but then after a couple hours they start babbling gibberish and melting into puddles of goo. Yeah. Um, so if anybody, like, has a heroic sacrifice, you can just say, oh, yeah, that was a quick clone, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, Absolutely. But, but they they're clearly it's the dagger of time there's a there's a whole episode where jay just clones himself a bunch and it's clear like they all know that they're clones <laughs> I think I hear this going. they know they're going they know that they're going to die soon and they're just okay with that yeah <laughs> and and i'm imagining like a clone like turning rogue and killing jay mm. and then just cloning himself again and again to like keep himself alive that oh. way. Like, the ethical, the ethical implications. Like the prestige? I'm just picturing a, uh, yeah, like the prestige. I'm picturing just a bunch of clones sitting around talking about mortality, being like, we're going to die in a few hours. Oh, man. Or what if it's like he gets more and more messed up every time? Oh, geez. And it, like, uh, he needs to be, like, stabilized <laughs> with alien technology, so he starts working underground in, like, the MIB and, like, subverting all their systems so that he can get access to these alien worlds. And eventually uh, and he, 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 he has to uh, assassinate Zed as a favor. Well, he would definitely team up with Alpha. Um, oh, totally. That would be the oh, slow can, reveal. Sorry, I don't want to push off your, your darkness thing, but i got to talk about Alpha for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. We'll come back to my darkness thing. Alpha is a great recurring character. He, he was one of the like, founders of MIB. Mm-hmm. Alpha and Zed, and, which is great. I love that that's sort of uh, theme. And he, tra- he trained K. Taught him everything like, you knew. He kind of went mad with power. He got this, this uh, what was it, cosmic integrator? Is that what it's called? It just I lets him so. paste a bunch of, like, snake necks from different galaxies <laughs> onto his body. Yeah, he, he just so moves with things. Bi- 
By the last, uh, by the last season, he's become a cyborg. He's like flesh is weak. I would think that that would be the first place to go. Yeah, um, he's a great recurring villain. Why? Why do you because say that? You get to see him like he's this classic like British accent. Uh, he's got these mad plans for world domination. He's like a classic Bond villain, except he gets stuff done. Yeah. And also, every time you see he him, he's got a new... He's, he's decked himself out in alien like limbs. He, he definitely is a, a good like mini-boss that just keeps coming back. He always yep, has a yep. new thing <laughs> to show you. You have to use, like, you know, the jet boots that you got in the previous level to beat him this time. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he his... His... his his motivations are sufficiently grandiose that you can have him just appear over and over again, and it doesn't get tired. Yeah, and I, I just love the different alien thing. Like, you could have a fighting game where everyone's just alpha with different parts. <laughs> like, you, it'd be like Spore. You customize your character, and then you fight. Stop trying to be charade from Soul Calibur. Uh, I'm gonna live the dream. <laughs> I'm gonna get a bunch of metal, just paste it onto my skin, mm-hmm. and then uh, walk around as an Voice alien. modulator. Gotta get a voice modulator. <laughs> Uh, all right. So well, well, my uh, my my dark segment, uh, my the episode that I would think of is um, Jay has been trying to track down uh this 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 recurring villain for quite some time, and eventually um he has uh Kay has the villain cornered, and the villain uh almost escapes, but Jay tackles him at the last second, and they apprehend him. And Kay puts his hand on Jay's shoulder and says, I'm really proud of you. And then you see a neuralizer flash, and you see Jay um, in, an, in, in an insane asylum in a padded room <laughs> with, uh, with, you know, a straitjacket um, from being neuralized so many times by Kay. Um, oh, and he's just gibbering to himself and drooling all over the place, and his eyes are kind of darting back and forth. And then it pans out, and it shows Kay putting a bouquet of flowers at his feet and then leaving. Oh. <laughs> can I one-up that real quick? You can try. I felt really good about that one. He leaves with a quick clone of Jay. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, he can't... He's using it as, like, the base material. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man, that's like Full Metal Alchemist, when, they're, when uh, Tucker is trying to, like, make uh, the perfect Nina or whatever. And mm-hmm. he uses her cells over and over, and eventually he's like, I've made a Nina more perfect than the original, from when he oh. had to use the original Nina to make a chimera to pay off his debts or whatever. That's great. Uh, man, we, we, like, we obviously know way too many cartoons. We, we have to stop referencing <laughs> so many. The other thing it's I really right. like about Quick Clones, though, is that, um, yeah. you can tell they're about to, like, melt, because they start, uh, spouting, like, just random words. Random words in no context, but like with the tone as though a, a, a thing I really like is when someone starts talking in a in a regular way with regular words and then seamlessly transitions into still talking in the same regular tone with just random words. Yeah, it's like, uh, hey Ben, I, I was I was gonna come over later and I just wanted you to know that banana fish taco hammer. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and as soon as we're done with this podcast, like, ca- cauliflower under sideways market. And it's like that, and then they just melt. Just melt. melt. Sometimes with a bomb. Is there a market for what's left after the quick clones die? Like, the goo? You mean, like, uh, like can, you mean like the foreskin you... getting turned into, like, perfumes? 
Yeah, can you, like, put that stuff on sandwiches? I, I don't know, that's a little dark. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd go right there. I, I think that's all Zed eats. Is it sandwiches? <laughs> he, he gets made fun of a lot for his weight. I don't really like Zed that much, though. I like the, the one part where his brain was removed. Oh, yeah, but kept alive with, like, uh, alien technology, like, from a distance. Yeah. Yeah, oh. so you just see him walking into a wall oh. continually. A lot of the time, the, the, the te- alien technology is the point of the show. But a lot of time, it's just to make make bizarre things <laughs> happen. Dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. So, uh, anything else? Last. Uh, I can't really. Comment? I can't really think of anything else. Um, I really liked the show. This was very. Go. This was very good. A very good adaptation, yeah. I think. I think we're probably gonna visit a bad adaptation later. Probably like the Lilo, Lilo and Stitch show, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think this was a very good example of one, like. It was done well, yeah. and that's why it stuck around for four seasons until the uh, the new movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't seen Men in Black 3, have you? I did. It was better than the second. Oh, I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I really hated the ending of it, though. Well, It It was yeah. a little bit too, like, you know, stable time loopy for me. Well, I always hate seeing... Like, I stable time loop can be pulled off well, but never in a way that subverts the, like, main... like sub- it, it it cheapens the relationship between K and J, which is kind of the only relationship on the, in this show. Yeah. Am, am, I, am I right in saying that? It's the main one, because out of necessity, the men in black cannot have relationships. They are not meant to left, leave an impression of any kind. Sure. A Jedi may not it's know lo- love. It's a lonely life. Is it worth it? Oh, yeah. If you're strong enough. <laughs> Oh man, thank you. On that note, <laughs> on that note um, so next time, next podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we will be reviewing. I don't know which uh, one it is yet, so keep that we, in mind. We we will be watching the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh boy! <laughs> Decided we should try uh, something that goes on for a long time. Oh my and has god! A lot of a lot of meat, a lot of well, not meat, but a lot of sinew to it. Man, I don't even know what to think of it. Like it. it <laughs> It is one genre, but it goes off in so many random directions because it just, mm-hmm. it's so long. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to this. I'll be honest. <laughs> I i needed something to balance out the, the good ones that we've been doing, <laughs> and I was thinking, well, what's about, like, similar to Rocket Power, but <laughs> maybe was, a little better? What way was Rocket Power a good one? <laughs> I had fun it's it. fun to talk about. Like, I think Fairly Odd Parents will be fun to talk about at the yeah. very least. <clears throat> Uh, all right, man. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. And until next time, uh, just uh, look into this light right here. Don't press the red button.